Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. Hey y'all and welcome to season six of Coffee with Carrie. I'm so excited about that. It just makes me so happy. I hope you've been enjoying the past six seasons. All right. So after I posted my cook and chat reel on Instagram and TikTok about reading your way through history, I got quite a few direct messages and emails from you guys. First, yes, brujol is a thing. It's a delicious Italian meat dish, by the way. Okay. My mama used to make it all the time. You try it. Anyway, second, yes, we did read our way through history. I never used a history textbook or a formal history curriculum. Now, one friend in particular contacted me and said, it can't be that easy, Carrie. I need more details. What books do you use? What order did you go in? When do I ask questions about what they're reading? I need some sort of a guide. Okay, friends, I've got you covered. Yes, you can simply read your way through history. The no textbook approach to history is not only doable, but it's way more enjoyable too. Now, what's wrong with textbooks? Well, first of all, all traditional textbooks are pretty dry. They take bits and pieces of information and paste them all together. And most these days are full of revisionist history and some pretty liberal bias anyway. And not only are they boring, but they aren't that reliable either. Now, if you're using a biblically-based history textbook like Knotgrass or Becca, they're full of great information, and they aren't full of political agendas either. But they can still be a bit overwhelming and maybe even a little dry. So using a literature-based approach to history, you're literally reading your way through history. You're reading about real people and real events. You're seeing a person or a time period through the eyes of someone who experienced it, whether they're a fictional character or a real-life hero. Now, Charlotte Mason called these types of books living books. Now, this term always confused me, but basically a living book is written in such a way that the story connects you to a person or to an event. It's written in a narrative style. Basically, someone is telling you a story about themselves or about an event. Now, if you're reading a textbook, it's just a list of facts, you know, people and dates and places and events. There's no emotions. There's no backstory. There's no cause and effect. There's no connections. Now, if you're reading a living book, you feel like you're there. There's empathy. Your senses and emotions are bombarded. There's intrigue. Your curiosity is piqued. And there are multiple causes and effects and tons of connections being made. Now, you can read a textbook excerpt or a chapter on George Washington that will tell you when he was born, when he became president, 
some of the issues he faced, and so on. Or you can read letters written by George Washington himself, read speeches given by George Washington and other primary documents, and all that will show you how he felt, what he believed in and why, and what he did about those things. They are literally penned by Washington himself. So you could read picture books like George Washington by Dulaire or George Washington's Breakfast by John Fritz or a chapter book for kids like The Man Who Would Not Be King by Stephen Krensky or books for teens like Being George Washington, The Indispensable Man by Glenn Beck or better yet, the novel Bulletproof George Washington by David Barton. Hey, if you want to learn the real truth about any man, then just ask his wife. Don't leave your girls out as you read your way through history. Read Martha Washington, America's First Lady by Wagner. I love the childhood of famous American book series. They're fabulous. Now, reading these living books will put you right smack in the middle of George Washington's life. You not only learn about him, his wife, his family, but also about his presidency and the world he was living in and the values he was fighting for. These living books are written in narrative form. They weave a story. They leave the reader wanting more. They're not written in expository form, where it's just the facts and information are given. Now, reading your way through history also helps your kids see the big picture. They see connections around the world and throughout time. You can relate to characters and people who may have lived hundreds of years before you, but who might share the same needs and faith and values as you. Reading your way through history is illuminating. It's fascinating. It's redemptive. It's often heartbreaking as our human nature hasn't changed much since the beginning of time in Genesis. There's nothing like a good story. So my friend who emailed me in a panic had no idea where to start. She said, how do I know which books to read and in what order? Okay, for my very linear type A brain, the easiest answer and the simplest way for me to explain this is to just read your way through history chronologically. Start at the beginning of time and then work your way to modern times. Or pick a time period your kids want to learn about or you want them to learn about and start at the beginning of that time period. So let's think about American history as an example. You can start as far back as Columbus and the explorers. Read the chapter books Pedro's Journal, The Voyage of Christopher Columbus by Pam Conrad, or Christopher Columbus, Adventures of Faith and Courage by Rhodes. Read the picture books Columbus by Dulaire and Where Do You Think You're Going, Christopher Columbus by Jean Fritz. Read primary documents, such as Columbus's diary entries. Then move on to the Pilgrims, the Puritans, the Mayflower, and the California Missions. From there, read about the French and Indian War, colonial life, and the Salem Witch Trials. This will bring you to the American Revolution, the protests and the conflicts before the war erupted, the war itself, and then the colonies becoming a nation. Learn about the government, the Constitution, and how it was formed and why. Then move on to the Western movement, the pre-Civil War and the post-Civil War, the frontier, 
the idea of manifest destiny, the trail of tears about Jefferson and Jackson and the conflict between the Native Americans and the Old West and the California gold rush and the railroads. Then learn about slavery and the Civil War itself and Lincoln and Johnson and the Reconstruction era and the seeds of discrimination that were planted during this time period. Then just keep moving through American history. Stop and learn more in time periods that really intrigue your kids. And take little rabbit trails to learn more about particular people or tribes or events or wars or places that your kids are really curious about. My daughter wasn't really interested in World War II, you know, the battles, the people, things like that. But she was drawn to anything and everything that had to do with the Holocaust. So we took many side trips from our World War II read-alouds to learn more about the Holocaust and the lives that were affected. It wasn't until my son was in high school when we studied World War II again that we focused more on the war itself. And he loved books like Unbroken, a World War II story of survival, resilience, and redemption by Hildebrand. Oh, and he really loved the movie too. And he also really liked the book, the Boys Who Challenged Hitler and the Churchill Club by Philip Hose. He also watched tons of World War II movies like The Monument Men, Memphis Bell, and The Darkest Hour. Not sure which time period to study? Well, then just ask your kids. Maybe there's something they want to learn more about. And when they tell you, start there. Now, invest in some accurate, comprehensive and colorful quote-unquote encyclopedias to use as reference books and to use even as short little read-alouds. Some of my favorites were the Usborn Timeline and History Encyclopedias. The DK and Smithsonian Visual Encyclopedias are pretty awesome too. Now here's a warning. Stay away from anything written by Howard Zinn and be quite selective with PBS and the History Channel. Sometimes there's some hidden or not so hidden agendas, and there's some American bashing in those publications and documentaries sometimes. Now, you can't go wrong with primary documents and anything published by the wall builders. I also tried to connect our art and music studies with the history time period that we were learning about. I felt it added another dimension to our studies, and it helped the kids make connections. Now, many artists and musicians, they're, they're influenced by the political and religious environment of their time and the social issues of their era. Their artwork and their musical pieces sometimes reflect what was happening around them. It also helped us see how one artist or one musician's style affected other artists and the evolution of artwork and musical genres. Now, I personally don't think you can really study the Civil War without studying African spirituals. And being a Southern girl, I don't think you can really appreciate the 1920s without learning about the beginning of jazz. They're just so connected. So when you can, try to incorporate the music, the art, and the poetry of the historical time period that you're reading about. And when you're studying ancient history to Roman times, always connect the Bible as much as you can. The Bible is full of historical accuracy and full of stories of flawed humans trying to find their way to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So then my friend e emailed me a little bit later and said, okay, I have no idea which books to use. There are so many. 
Y'all, that's quite a problem to have, right? First of all, don't reinvent the wheel. Rely on sources you trust for book recommendations. First of all, start with the Charlotte Mason Book Finder at the website Simply Charlotte. You literally type in a name or event and a list of living books pop up. Again, I'm going to put that on the show notes for you, but it's called the Charlotte Mason Book Finder and it's at the website Simply Charlotte. You can also check out Read Aloud Revival's website by Sarah McKenzie. She has great book lists on tons of different topics. Then check out the table of contents in IEW's Timeline of Classics book. There are tons of great book recommendations and in chronological order for world history there. And make sure you check out the website Humility and Doxology with Amy Sloan. She has tons, I mean tons, of book lists for all historical eras. And if you have a chance to participate in a Carol Joyside literature-based approach learning seminar, when you go, you receive several comprehensive book lists when you attend. Then ask trusted friends. Check out the book list at Christian publishers that you trust, like Sunlight and My Father's World. You don't have to buy their curriculum to use their chapter books that they suggest. Now, many seasoned homeschooling moms will suggest you only use classics written before 1970. The themes and the language tend to be safer. But y'all keep in mind, though, sex and greed and power and murder, they've been a part of human history since the fall of man. So even books written pre-1970 might have more mature themes in them. I mean, The Scarlet Letter is about an adulterous affair with a priest. Les Miserables is full of misery and mistreatment of women and the poor, and Oliver Twist is downright depressing with the treatment of children and the poor. And yes, some of the language in the classics can be outdated or inappropriate for our time period. So either pre-read the books or use illustrated versions for younger kids or self-edit these classics as you read aloud. Now, there are some really good books written since 1970. Use them, but I highly recommend that you pre-read any book written after 2000. While the book might be about World War II or slavery, somehow non-biblical relationships seem to find their way into these storylines written after the 2000s. Now, if you're not familiar with a story or you didn't get a book title from a book list of a Christian publisher, it's always best to read the novel before reading it to your kids, just to double check. Now, my same friend, okay, we were having this email dialogue going back and forth. She then sent me another email asking, how do I make sure he's learning something? Do I ask him questions? If so, when and how? Well, my answer is threefold and very Charlotte Mason-y. Is that a word? I'm not sure, but it's very Charlotte Mason-y. First of all, engage in tons of conversations, make a timeline, and create a history notebook. There's no need to drill your kids or give them book tests when you read your way through history. As you read a story, ask them to narrate the chapter back to you or ask open-ended questions about the story or the characters. Have conversations about the book that you're reading together. That really is enough. You will be amazed at how far your kids will go just because they had great conversations with you. 
Now, if you want another component to it, then make a timeline using index cards and some string. After you learn about a historical person or event, have your kids draw the person or the event on one side of the index card and write a caption at the bottom that includes the date and the person's name. Then on the back, ask the older kids to write maybe a summary sentence about the person or the event. Then you hang the timeline card up in chronological order on string that you have around the room. For more information about how to do this really fun and super easy timeline activity, make sure you listen to my episode in season one entitled History Alive. Now, we also made history notebooks. So instead of reading a history textbook, we basically made our own. After we read about a historical person or event, my kids would write about them in these old-fashioned composition notebooks, you know, the ones you can get from the dollar store. On the left-hand side of the page, they would draw and color the person or event that we just learned about. And then on the right side of the notebook, they would write a paragraph about the person or the event. When they were younger, I would just give them copy work about the person or the event for them to copy into their history notebook. Or they would dictate to me what they learned, and I would write it for them next to their drawing. Then at the end of the school year, we had a record of all the people and all the historical events that they learned about up on our timeline and inside our history notebooks. No tests needed. So my friends, you can read your way through history. Pick a time period you want to study, gather the books you want to read, read them in chronological order, read some together during read aloud time, and assign some of them to your kids to read independently. It really is that simple, and it really is that fun. Happy reading. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining me, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is the perfect book to read. You can purchase it at Amazon or at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. Now, if you heard something you liked or something new, then share a podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a mom friend who needs a little extra help teaching history this year. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. This really is the best way to help other moms find our podcast and be encouraged too. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that my website, consulting services, podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.